to Building Stronger Creatives, a fitness podcast for musicians, artists, nerds, and former misfits. I'm a former out-of-shape professional musician turned personal trainer and nutrition coach to hundreds of clients, and I'll give you no-nonsense information about what it really takes to get and stay fit within the context of a creative life. Here, you'll find practical advice on strength and endurance training, sane and simple nutrition, habit building, and time management tools to help you make lifestyle changes that actually stick. Most fitness coaches have no clue what it really means to be a creative, whether you're a professional or a passionate hobbyist. I'm different. I've been where you are, and I share your values. Let me show you how you can use the gym to build a kick-ass creative life. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Building Stronger Creatives. This week's episode is going to be all about sleep. This is a topic that you probably already know a little bit or a lot about, but I'm willing to bet that you haven't heard a fitness coach or a health coach talk about it from the perspective that I'm going to share. So I'm going to give you a lot of tips on how to get a better night's sleep and how to make your sleeping environment as conducive to rest as possible. But before I do that, I want to talk a little bit about my personal struggles with sleep and what I've done to move through them, because I think this is an issue that affects a lot of people. And unfortunately, most of the information being shared around sleep is not very helpful if, like me, you've struggled with sleep anxiety or if you have something more serious like insomnia. So I do want to say that if you are being seriously affected by a lack of sleep or other issues related to that, I definitely encourage you to either talk to a mental health professional or to go speak with a sleep specialist. A lot of times they can do studies to identify exactly what's going on. And of course, they can provide actual medical guidance on possible medications or supplements or things like that. So again, if you have a really serious problem, I would suggest seeking medical help. But if you're a regular creative person who struggles with sleep anxiety, or you worry that you're not getting enough sleep, or maybe you struggle to get good quality sleep, I think that the information that I'm going to share will be very helpful for you. So let me tell you a little bit about my personal experience with sleep struggles. So for my whole life, and really my whole family is this way, I've always been a good sleeper. You know, I don't really have, or I haven't had historically a hard time falling asleep. I can take naps. I generally have pretty restful, high quality sleep. But in recent years, I started to develop a lot of sleep anxiety. Now, I've shared before that I suffer from anxiety, and my anxiety kind of likes to attach itself to different problems in my life. So at one point or another, I got it in my head that something was going wrong with my sleep, or I was sleeping incorrectly, or I was sleeping in a way that was going to, you know, fuck me up or like affect my health in a negative way. And anxiety brain really latched onto that. And what happened was I would start to obsess in the evening as I'm getting ready for bed. Am I winding down correctly? Am I going to get exactly enough sleep? How am I going to feel the next day? How am I, I going to feel in a week? How is this going to affect my training or the way that I show up with my clients? Just an avalanche of unhelpful mental chatter about if I was sleeping correctly and if I wasn't, how that was going to affect me moving forward. I typically see clients pretty early in the morning. A lot of my clients start at the gym at 5.30 in the morning. Now, normally this isn't a huge issue for me because I am a morning person. But what happens is that it puts a little bit of a squeeze on the amount of sleep that I'm actually able to get some nights because I also train clients in the evening. So 
Historically, I would get up pretty early, um, train my clients, work during the day, have some clients in the evening, and then I would need to come home and cook dinner, and I'd want to spend time with my boyfriend. Maybe I'd want to do stuff with friends. I wanted to, you know, have a life, not just working all the time. And so I really wasn't able to go to bed at like 8 p.m. or whatever time I would need to go to bed in order to get up at 4.30 in the morning and have a totally restful night's sleep. So I sacrifice a little bit of sleep because of the choices that I make about work and because of how I want to spend my time and how I want to hang out with my people in the evening. And this used to not really be a problem, but as I was getting into this sleep anxiety issue, I started to be like, what am I doing? Like, is this really going to affect me negatively? There's Alzheimer's disease in my family, and I know there's a connection between sleep and Alzheimer's disease. Is this going to affect my brain? Am I undoing all the hard work that I'm doing at the gym by not getting enough sleep and not recovering. And so what was just a typical, um, you know, little bit shorter night's sleep that I would get for work would become a huge, huge deal. It would stress me out. It would make me feel really anxious. And then, of course, it did not help me sleep. Sleep is a funny thing because you can't really force yourself to sleep. The more you lie in bed thinking, go to sleep, go to sleep, relax, relax, relax the harder it is for you to actually fall asleep and actually chill the fuck out. So I was getting more stressed about feeling like I wasn't getting enough sleep. And then that led me to stay up later and have lower quality sleep, which of course made me feel worse the next day. So it was a pretty vicious cycle. The other thing that was really starting to bother me is how I was thinking about sleep on the weekends or when I was doing stuff for fun. So I've shared in previous episodes that I'm really into electronic music. It's a huge, huge passion of mine and has been for the last 10 plus years. Unfortunately, electronic music is primarily a thing that happens in the dead of night. It happens really late. Uh, It's not typically something that happens during the day. Maybe you have a weekend day party here and there. But a lot of times if I want to see a DJ or a live act or go to a concert or something like that, it's going to be a late night. And I've decided that that trade-off is worth it for me because I want to go see the music live. It's important to me. It's fun. But what was happening is like I was letting this fear of not getting enough sleep really start to affect me. So I wanted to go to a show or I made plans to do something with my boyfriend. We were staying up late, but I would be such a huge fucking buzzkill wet blanket because the whole time I was worried about, am I going to be able to sleep? How fast am I going to be able to fall asleep when we get home? How am I going to feel the next day? Is this going to affect my training? Am I going to be able to recover during the week? Just again, that same cascade of unhelpful negative thoughts. So that was really um, problematic for me because first of all, again, it didn't help me sleep, especially if you get home late and you're like, I got to go to sleep. I got to fall asleep right away. You know, that's not a very uh, conducive mental atmosphere for unwinding and getting to sleep. And then also, I had decided to do these things. They were important to me. I wanted to have fun. You know, I wanted to live my life, but I was not very much fun for the people around me. And it was affecting the enjoyment, uh, my enjoyment of those events as well. And so especially during the, um, the pandemic or when we started to go back out after things were reopening, this was becoming like a really serious problem for me. And I had to develop a different approach to thinking about sleep. Most of the sleep advice that's out there, I think is geared toward people like who think they don't need to sleep at all, who don't give a shit, and who are just staying up till four in the morning, scrolling on social media, or playing video games every day, and then waking up and drinking 10 cups of coffee or something like that. And a lot of the advice seems like it's meant to scare you or shame you for your choices. The scary thing 
was really affecting me, you know, these fears about developing Alzheimer's disease or encouraging chronic illness because I wasn't getting like a perfect night's sleep. And then the shaming too, like a lot of times creative people do have to work later or they have shows or gigs that, you know, make it difficult to keep a regular sleep schedule. And so there's this idea that like, well, you must not care about your health at all. And, you know, sometimes we make trade-offs in health and fitness. You're no one's going to be living like a perfectly healthy life all the time. So it's I don't think it's very helpful when advice makes you feel bad for a decision that you've made that's in line with your values in some other way, but that might be having some less than ideal effects on your health. I don't think that people are going to change their behavior because of that type of advice, and it just makes you feel bad about yourself. So I had to stop, basically totally disconnect from a lot of the information about sleep. And as someone who works in the fitness industry, this is kind of hard because sleep is, of course, very important. And it's the type of thing that people love to talk about. And again, they love to talk about it in language that's sort of shaming or fear mongering. So I basically had to stop consuming any information about sleep. I already know that sleep is important. I know that it can have health ramifications. I know that when I don't sleep, I'm not my sharpest or my training's affected. But the bottom line is that the way that I was thinking about sleep was almost more problematic than not getting a perfect night's sleep. And constantly obsessing about it was stressing me out. And that also has negative ramifications and potential health consequences. So I stopped consuming this information. And then the next thing that I did was that I started looking at the real fears that I was having around sleep and like what was at the core of my anxiety. One of the things that came up a lot and still I still find it coming up sometimes is this worry that the next day I'm going to feel god awful. I'm not going to be alert if I wanted to work out. It's not going to be a good workout. I'm just going to generally feel like shit. And so I said to myself, you know, first of all, I don't actually know that that's going to happen because I've had plenty of days where I didn't get a good night's sleep and then I had a great workout, great day of work. I was super productive and everything was fine. And then those days that I did really feel like shit, you know, what happened? I adjusted what I did or I was able to catch up on sleep later. I took a rest day from training. Like it really wasn't that big of a deal. I realized that I was a lot more resilient and a lot more capable than I was giving myself credit for. And if I was having a couple bad nights sleep, inevitably down the road, I would have a little more time to catch up. I'd either sleep in or I'd take a nap or I just would adapt and I would start to feel better. So I started saying like, okay, you know, I'm going to bed later than I planned or I'm having a hard time falling asleep, you know, so what? It's not really that big of a deal. And I began to accept that that might happen, but also trust myself a lot more that I could handle it. And that really was not that big of a deal. So I want to kind of outline this approach for you in a few steps. So this again is for people who are doing their best to get sleep or you know, are really concerned about their sleep habits and that they're not doing everything optimally or perfectly all the time. It's also for creative people, again, who are like, I mean, I again, I'm in the electronic music scene as a fan, but if you're a DJ, if you're a promoter, there's going to be nights where you have to stay up late. It's sort of part of the, the job, even if you're just like a, you know, an art, a graphic designer, visual artist, a sculptor, like you, you might have late nights or studio shows, things like that. Writers might be working at odd hours, you know, Creative people are going to be doing stuff, you know, at all hours of the day and night, and you're not always going to have a perfect night's sleep. As a side note, um, I was thinking about this story when I was thinking about this episode. When I was a senior in high school, I had the great 
fortune to be able to go to Los Angeles and play in a, a select band of high school students. It was called the Grammy Jazz Band, and we played a bunch of gigs for Grammy Week, and we got to go to the Grammys, and it was really fun. But I remember that our director, who I believe uh, worked at the Manhattan School of Music, we were kind of dragging ass one day and not really paying attention because we had a really busy schedule of uh, rehearsals and all kinds of shit going on. And he basically said to us, you know, if you guys want to be professional musicians, again, this was in the context of the jazz world, which also has a lot of late nights, you know, you're going to have to be able to function well when you don't get enough sleep and know how to kind of work around that. So this is definitely something that is relevant for creative people in all different areas of the arts. Okay, so a simple process for those nights when you're not getting good night's sleep or if you find yourself dealing with a lot of sleep anxiety. The first step is don't force it. Like I said earlier, sleep is one of those weird things like the more you try to do it, like the harder you try to fall asleep, the less likely you are to fall asleep. So on nights where I'm having a hard time, a lot of times I stop thinking about trying to sleep and I just try to kind of zone out in my body. I let my thoughts wander. I just kind of focus on my breathing, the way my body feels lying in the bed, stuff like that. I'm not thinking like, oh my gosh, you're not asleep yet. I'm just like not really thinking about anything in particular or I'm sort of following my breath, something like that. Uh, I've heard the advice that if you're lying in bed for more than like 30 minutes, it's not a bad idea to get out of bed. So, you know, let's say it's Wednesday night, you have some insomnia, you're really struggling to sleep. Instead of laying there and like not sleeping, not sleeping and getting more and more worked up for hours, after about 30 minutes, just get up out of bed and like do something, you know, read, journal, like something that's kind of chill. Just get out of your room, get out of bed. And then when you feel more tired, then you can try again. But don't sit there and try to force yourself to sleep because that absolutely will not work. The second part, which is like really at the core of this, is to just sort of accept the situation and accept potential consequences. So this is what I was doing when I was telling myself like, okay, Caroline, you're so worried about feeling tired. Like, so what? Feel tired. You'll get over it. It'll be fine. You can handle it. So instead of trying to push away the problems or worrying, trying to um, preemptively control the way you're going to feel or the way you'll be able to perform, just accept that you might not feel your best, but also trust that you are a lot more capable and resilient than you give yourself credit for. So you might not be on your A game or you might feel a little off, but you can either adjust what you're doing or you can rise to the occasion and have more time to relax later. Also, it's important to recognize what you can and can't control. So one of the parts of my sleep anxiety was this fear of like, I'm not getting enough sleep on average. You know, every night I'm a little bit short of where I need to be, which actually isn't true. <laughs> it was just a fear of mine. I use a, a sleep tracker just to tell me how much I'm sleeping and, and generally I'm getting, you know, enough sleep on average. But there's this fear from, again, all this information that I was consuming that I'm doing something wrong. And because of that, down the road, I'm going to have serious health consequences. So here's a little thing that's important to remember in health and fitness. A lot of people are out there telling you that you can um, eliminate your chances of getting a chronic illness or having something bad happen to you by taking care of yourself. And it's certainly true, absolutely true, that you can reduce your risk of some of these illnesses and potentially live a longer and happier and healthier life by getting enough sleep, eating well, and moving your body. Those things are all proven to work. What's not proven and what's not actually possible is for you as an individual to completely identify, eliminate all risks or all bad things that might happen to you. There's simply no way to predict what's going to happen. 
you can set yourself up for success. You can take care of yourself as best you can. But ultimately, like people that are in great shape and super healthy are going to get cancer. They're going to get in accidents. Things are going to happen to them that are entirely out of their control and that they're not really responsible for. So when it comes to worrying about sleep and its effects, if you're so paralyzed about bad stuff happening to you later because you're not sleeping well now, um, I encourage you to like take a look at that and kind of let it go because you don't know what's going to happen. Bad things might not actually happen. And even if they do happen, there's no saying that you could have stopped them. Okay. So again, this isn't like licensed to treat yourself like shit and like do whatever you want. But I encourage you to, you know, get real with yourself. Like, what can I actually control? What's outside of my control? And sort of start to make your peace with that. I think that's a really helpful mindset for everything. So that, again, we do take care of ourselves as best we can, but we also don't take ourselves so seriously. And we don't think that we are more powerful than we really are. The last piece of advice when it comes to this is what I have stopped doing myself, which is if you're stressed about sleep, you have insomnia, whatever. Again, if you're seeing a doctor or specialist, that's one thing, but don't go scrolling social media or reading on the internet, looking for all the bad stuff that's going to happen if you don't sleep. Don't read those sleep books. Don't listen to sleep podcasts. Don't follow sleep experts, quote unquote, on social media, because it's just going to make you feel more scared and more anxious. You already know that sleep's important. You know you feel your best when you get more sleep. And, you know, you're going to be putting some steps into practice, the stuff I've already discussed and the things I'm going to talk about next, you know, to make it more likely that you'll get better sleep. But stressing about it, constantly like basically doing sleep doom scrolling about it is absolutely not helping you. So, again, if you experience any kind of sleep anxiety or insomnia, um, don't read these sleep books don't listen to the sleep podcast. Don't go looking for sleep info. It's only going to make you feel worse. Focus on what you can control and just let the pieces kind of fall where they want to fall. So again, just to summarize my sort of acceptance-based approach to um, not sleeping enough or having some bad nights of sleep here and there. Don't force it. Accept the potential bad outcomes. Trust that you're more resilient. You can adapt, catch up, or handle it. Recognize that you can't really control long-term health outcomes, and that's okay. And then also stop consuming sleep information all the time. So what can you actually do to get a better night's sleep? There are definitely a lot of tools and tactics that help most people. But before I share those, I just want to share another sort of big picture idea about sleep and health and fitness in general. There is a lot of great information out there. Uh, there's averages, there's sort of stuff that works for most people most of the time. But you are an individual and one size does absolutely just does not fit all, all, excuse me. There is no one size fits all approach to sleep. So most adults are going to feel their best with seven to nine hours of sleep. But do you need exactly eight? Probably not. There are going to be outliers that feel okay with less. Now, I will say a lot of people think that they feel okay with five or six hours, but when they start to sleep more, you know, their performance improves, they're more alert. Those people are probably fooling themselves, but there are actually people out there that don't need as much sleep. So if you truly feel like you're operating on your A game, you're creative, you're focused, you're performing well, you're training hard, you're recovering, you know, your body feels good, and you're not getting the recommended amount of sleep, you know, you're probably doing okay. Again, you don't need to obsess about exact numbers, but we do need to sort of pay attention to what's generally recommended and find what feels best for you. 
Um, okay, so a couple of steps for what's called sleep hygiene, which is basically like taking care of your shit so that you set yourself up to have as good of a night's sleep as you can. One of the most important things when it comes to sleep is routine. And this is really hard for me. And I know it's hard for creative listeners, again, because a lot of you have like weird schedules or obligations that change, especially if you're in some sort of nightlife where you're up late some days and maybe other days you're not working at all. But as best you can, creating some kind of routine around sleep is going to help you a lot. Our bodies are wired to be cyclical. So you have this circadian rhythm where essentially certain hormones are higher at one time in the day and lower in another and vice versa. And when these hormones are higher, you know, they might make you more alert. For example, cortisol is a stress hormone. Like That's positive, though. It's going to help you get awake in the morning. Melatonin is going to be higher in the evening. That's going to help you feel sleepier. So our bodies, like our physiology, is operating on a 24-hour cycle, essentially. So anything you can do to do the same kinds of things at the same time, at least most of the week, it's really going to help you. It's going to train your brain and your body to unwind better and also to get up easier in the morning. So the big advice is that you should get up and um, go to bed at the same time. Like for me, that's totally not possible, but I do the best that I can. Most days of the week, I try to go to bed around the same time. Weekends might be a little later. And then in the mornings, I, I generally just get up when I have clients. So if I don't have a client, I might be sleeping in a little bit that day. But I'm not waking up at like, um, you know, six, hour, six hours later one day than I did the day before. So try to go to bed at similar times as best you can, at least on the days that you have more control over it. You know, do what you can. And then same thing in the morning. If you can, wake up around the same time, but it may not be possible every day. The other part of routine is to actually build like rituals around sleep. So this can be totally unique. So, and it doesn't necessarily have to follow the traditional advice. The traditional advice around sleep is like no TV or computer at all in the evening, which almost nobody's doing, <laughs> if we're being honest. And I sort of was like, a proponent of this and then when I moved in with my boyfriend he's someone who likes to watch tv at night and he has a harder time falling asleep than I do but when he watches certain cartoons or certain tv shows it's something he's done for years and years and it's his routine and it actually helps him fall asleep so you know is that perfect like should you be watching tv at night not according to sleep gurus but if it's something that you do all the time and it's training your brain to like relax go to bed and you don't think like it's making you more wired, you know, it's helping you unwind, like maybe that will work for you. So find something that you do sort of every evening, whether that's a collection of things to help you get ready for bed or stuff to help you unwind, or, you know, maybe you turn off a light and you light a candle or you turn down the temperature, just stuff that you're doing the same time before you go to bed. All of that repetition and ritual is going to, again, start to train your brain like, okay, time to unwind, time to start to go to bed. So you don't need, excuse me, like three hour elaborate sleep or wake up ritual like some of these gurus tell you. Just find a few things that are going to help you unwind and try to do them as best you can every day before you go to bed. The next important step is to create a sleep space that's dedicated just for sleeping and that's comfortable and relaxing for you. The traditional advice is that your room should be totally black and silent. That's not going to work for everybody or be possible. Some people might do better with an eye mask. Some people might not be able to have blackout curtains, but it doesn't really matter to them so much. But generally, you want your room to be dark without a ton of like flashing electronic beeping things. 
In terms of noise, I actually find that I sleep better with white noise, so we tend to run a fan or something like that versus having a totally silent room. Some people might need absolute silence and they might even need to sleep with earplugs in. The important thing is to find conditions that are going to help your brain and your body relax. Generally speaking, most people will sleep more comfortably in a room that's a little bit cooler. So if you happen to have AC or you can run a fan in the evening, lowering your body temperature is an important part of unwinding for sleep. Another way to kind of create this effect is to take a hot shower or bath because then when you come out, your body temperature is going to drop as well. So coolness, some degree of darkness, some degree of either silence or maybe white noise, a combination of those things is going to help you a lot. Now, if you have an absolute shit bed and mattress, that also might be something to look into, uh, especially if you have a lot of joint pain after sleeping, like your back hurts, your knees hurt, you know, your neck hurts. You do need to replace your bed and your mattress every so often. So if you have a mattress from your college days that's like 16 years old or something like that, you know, and it's starting to hurt you, probably time for a new mattress as well. So that's also something to keep in mind. Last thing I'll say about this is like, I think it's helpful to have a space that's just dedicated to sleep. So if possible, try not to have a TV in your room. Try not to work like during the day in your room. Try not to do other stuff in your room. Basically just sleep in there, you know, have your clothes, you're getting ready for work or coming home, whatever, like that stuff is fine, but don't be doing other activities in the room. Again, so much of this is just signaling to the brain like, okay, time to unwind, time to sleep. It's that repetition, it's the ritual, the creation of a space that is just for sleeping can really help with that. The third tip that I want to give you is to minimize stimulation in the hours before bed as much as possible. So stimulation includes a lot of things. For most people, actually it includes working out. So unless you're one of those rare people that can work out at like 9 p.m. and then go to bed at 11, you probably want to work out earlier in the day if you're having a hard time falling asleep at night. When you work out, certain hormones are elevated, your body temperature is elevated, your nervous system is activated, and when you go to sleep, you basically need the opposite of all that to happen. So try not to do intense or prolonged workouts shortly before bed. A lot of people also have a hard time eating big meals before bed, but again, like I said, there's no one size fits all. Because of my work schedule, I'm eating basically right before I go to bed. So I'm typically eating about 8 p.m. and trying to go to bed by 9.30. Um, and dinner is usually a pretty big meal for me. And this doesn't really keep me up. So again, your mileage may vary, but a lot of people find that they need to eat earlier as well so that they're, again, their body temperature can come down. The digestive process isn't just kicking into gear as you're trying to unwind and go to bed. I mentioned earlier that a lot of sleep gurus will recommend that you eliminate uh, blue light, essentially, which is from electronics before bed. This may not be possible, and honestly, you may not want to do it. So when it comes to computers, phones, TVs, you can try to minimize some of the effects of that blue light by wearing blue light blocking glasses. You can change the brightness. Like I turn the brightness on my phone all the way down at night, and I'm the opposite in the morning. I turn it like all the way up to sort of wake me up. You can change the settings on your TV, or maybe you find that certain devices are more problematic than others. So for me, like I mentioned, we watch TV at night, but I'm never on my computer because if I'm on my computer, there's just something about it. It's linked to like work. It just keeps my brain a little more wired and then I have a harder time unwinding. So you have to consider what types of things are going to kind of keep your brain active and avoid those as best you can. To complement this, a lot of people like to do relaxing things in the evening. So again, maybe you read or journal or meditate. 
Maybe you do some easy stretching or foam rolling. Maybe you take a fucking bubble bath. I don't know. Something that is just nice and relaxing in the evening can really help as well if you tend to be really wired. The last thing I'll say about this is like, let's say you went out to a show. Maybe you had a few drinks, whatever. You're feeling really wired when you come home. Circle back to that first thing that I said when I was talking about sleep anxiety. Don't try to force it. Expect that you might take a little while to unwind. So that's just kind of something you need to accept if you're going to have nights like that. So don't get right into bed and like freak out about the fact that you're not tired yet. Understand that your brain and your body need some time to chill out and you can engage in activities that are going to help you do that. The final piece of advice that I really don't think is given enough when it comes to getting a better night's sleep is that you actually have to do enough shit during the day to be tired. So when I work with people that are really sedentary and really struggling to get moving, they have this terrible problem where during the day they feel really shitty and they have no energy and they're definitely not motivated to work out. And then at night they're like wired and they can't go to bed and they don't get enough sleep. And then they wake up and the cycle repeats all over again. And so when you're stuck here, it's hard to see a way out because again, you don't feel motivated to exercise. But in my experience, one of the first benefits that these people notice when they do start moving more is that their energy regulates better and they get a much better night's sleep. All of a sudden, you had a good workout earlier in the day and then you actually feel tired before bed. You sleep deeper, you wake up more rested, and then you have more energy to have a better day the next day. And that is how you start to dig yourself out of that terrible mismanaged energy cycle. So if you're really not moving much during the day, for example, if your step count is well under 7,000 on average, if you're not exercising, if you're primarily sitting or driving from one place to another, working in front of a computer, and you're not sleeping well, I encourage you to try, I know how hard it is, but try to increase your activity levels and see if that doesn't make a big difference. A lot of times, being more active is going to help you regulate your sleep. Finally, related to that is if you get some sunshine first thing in the morning, that can also help with those circadian rhythms. So, you know, go for a walk first thing in the morning, um, you know, get outside, get some sunshine, you know, before noon. And that can also help you with that re-regulating your energy that way. So to summarize this second part here, basic sleep hygiene suggestions. So your mileage may vary. None of, not all of these may apply to you, but generally speaking, if you want to get a good night's sleep, doing all of these things or some combination of these things is really going to go a long way. The first is to create some rituals and have a routine around sleep. This means going to bed and waking up at the same times when you can. And it also means having some things that you do every day before bed to help, again, cue your brain that it is time to unwind. The second thing is to have your room be a comfortable space that's just for sleep. So pay attention to things like your bed and mattress itself, the temperature of the room, the noise level, the darkness, and then don't do other shit in your room. Don't watch TV in your bed. Uh, you know, watch, if you want to watch TV, watch it in the living room on the couch and then go to bed. Don't work in your bedroom if you can. All of that stuff is going to kind of mess up the mojo of the space. The third tip is to minimize stimulation in the hours leading up to bed. So this means um, you might not want to do a hard workout. You might not want to eat a huge meal. Um, if you are coming home from an event or work or something, you know, you need to give yourself a little bit of time to unwind. Um, those things are all those stuff is going to jack you up before bed and you just need to give your body time to come back down if you want any hope of falling asleep. And then the last thing, which is really important and very underrated, is just to be more active during the day. 
move more. Give your body a reason to actually be tired at night. Getting out in the sunshine first thing in the morning can also help with this as well. So I hope that this has been helpful for you. Again, I have kind of a mixed relationship with sleep because I, on the one hand, I know that I'm a good sleeper compared to a lot of people, but I've really struggled with this sleep anxiety that was paralyzing me, honestly, for a long time. And the more I just sort of accepted that I didn't need to be perfect and that I couldn't really control some of the things I was worrying about anyway, and also the more I realized that like if I was tired, it wasn't the end of the world and that I would recover, the better time I had and the better um, able I was to actually get more sleep and actually fall asleep easier. So if you have um, comments or questions about this episode, uh, my DMs are always open on Instagram. I really love to hear from you. Of course, if you have requests for a future episode or posts or anything that I can help you with, by all means, please, please send me a DM. I always respond to those. My handle is at Caroline Juster, Caroline with an I and then J-U-S-T-E-R. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Building Stronger Creatives. If something you heard resonated with you, I would love for you to share this episode with someone else who might enjoy it. I also always appreciate comments, ratings, and reviews. These things help me get the word out to other creatives who could benefit from this type of information. See you back on the next episode. Until then, stay curious, stay passionate, and stay strong.